anytime you can get 118 scale tech equipment, that's a good thing. New for 96 with your hosts, Kevin McCauley and Chris Wynn. So I have one, but I have yeah. it with the roof. There's down. one with the roof up. Yeah, there's one with the roof up, and they cannot sell that one because no one wants that. No one wants that. The roof is not part of the design. No, literally, I think they did, they admitted that it's not part of the design. It's just there for weatherproofing. Yeah, and barely that. So oh, you know what's the worst roof? This is like not a diecast thing, but the um, the the 550 Marinello Barchetta yeah has like the weirdest roof. Like the roof? oh wait yeah the, oh, the okay. soft top yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, yeah. so weird because if you look at the five fifty barquetta it's got this big like it's a really beautiful sculpted like not tonal basically the trunk goes all the way up to the headrest yeah. like to the roll bars yeah and there's no like holes or anything in it for a roof to bolt into so this roof like just goes straight down and like hugs the roll bar oh my god it's so oh, bizarre I remember seeing that yeah that is yeah. really it's very like uh optimistic early 2000s design i mean again it's like the speedster because the, the 5 barricado was was very limited so yeah. it was like okay we're not going to do it this isn't a permanent solution this is just like yeah basically and they even said like don't drive this over like 80 because <laughs> the roof will fly off yeah um, yeah but then i remember di- like diving into the weird world of people making companies making hard tops for those cars and they are aftermarket weird. ones. I yes. remember you sending me these photos. Yeah. And they were unfortunate. We probably cover those on the pod, but we're just repeating ourselves, yeah. so it's fine. No, that car was not designed for uh, a roof covering of any no. kind. So it's such a beautiful car. Yeah. I love those. No, they're very pretty. Yeah. No doubt. Uh we should see if there is a die cast model of that. Oh yeah. Man, that really delved down. Yes. We've delved down because um in the podcast studio, which is my kitchen island essentially uh i used to have like 12 models here but that was during covid when i didn't have like visitors over except for kevin and so now that i have visitors over uh i've cleared the table of models but i've arranged a row of thematic cars as he has requested except that i request this this every time but this is perhaps like the easiest theme so i'm not complaining though yeah they're all they're all uh, Porsche turbos. I've got a 996 turbo, 993 turbo, 964 turbo, and a 930. It's so, pretty good. And then a Straggler GT3, 996 GT3. So, 0.1, by the way, best looking. If hmm. not, uh, I know, uh, unpopular opinion that this is the better 996 GT3. Uh, and to be fair, I'm inexperienced as far as uh, why... The point one is lesser than the point two, but uh, I prefer the looks because it looks like a GT1 or has a GT1 face. The spoiler, Will, Will and I were texting before I came over here about yeah. this, and he sent me a picture of the spoiler, and this element was like tilted. Oh. And he was like, "Are was this adjustable this whole time?" I was like, "Oh, on a point one, on a point one, this wing." Kevin is pointing at like the double decker wing on a GT3, 996 GT3. I wish I could remember the term that like Grant Larson had for this wing because yeah. it was so amusing, like such a great nickname for this spoiler, and oh. I don't know what it was. And oh, I'll never no. remember. But that's crazy. That that's adjustable. Yeah, you see the like the lines. Yeah, I the... do see the lines. Anyway, so that'll <laughs> maybe that's how you can tell like a kit car apart from the real thing is if the real wing is not like solid fiber, like fiberglass or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, and mm. I hate that, that 
it, there's so many like kit cars essentially, or people have just like assembled their own version, a version of a GT3 look that at a glance, I can't immediately tell sometimes. Well, that, I mean, that was, they sold the Aero kit. Yeah. You're talking about no, the Aero kit? No, just the, well, yeah, exactly that. Like, I can't tell like a, like a, an actual GT3 from like a, just like a C2 with like a kit on it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, the Aero kit, I hate the Aero kit though. That's the thing. I know but you like it. this is the Aero kit. I know. The thing is, I don't, for some reason I have GT3 eyes though, like, and I like see this and mm -hmm. it's perfect on this car, but I hate it when it's just like a tailless C2, but it just has like the skirts or something. Right. I just don't think that looks good. Yeah. It's too much. Mm. Especially because a 996 is so slim and light looking. Like, I don't think the skirts do any favors. But this has the skirts. I know. But again, <laughs> GT3 okay. eyes. Okay. It looks great here, of course. Mm -hmm. I even hate these wheels on every other application. Yes. But in the GT3, these... Uh, these look good. The point two wheels are better. Yeah, the point the two, point two is good. just yeah. better. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah, Overall, <laughs> it is better. I just like the I just, I like the vintage fascia. No, of, I do too. Yeah, I do too. The point ones, but yeah, like well, yeah. and there's a, it's a landmark. This was the first GT three, yeah. which is a, a cool thing. Now yeah. that now like that going back, it's been twenty years of this pretty incredible product line yeah oh wow yeah it has been 20 years yeah That's they had crazy. they had the 20th anniversary in 2019 this Whoa. time in this time two years ago oh, was the yeah. 20th anniversary was there and, an event um i don't i don't know but they um they did some like photo shoots and they brought the 996.1 gt3 to monterey oh for just to have around that's cool yeah wow yeah with the, with the stuttgart plates and everything on it it's, oh nice it's very cool yeah I'm always curious about that show and display. I've only like recently learned that show and display uh, allows you 1500 miles a year mm -hmm. of driving, which is pretty adequate for like a car so special that you're not allowed to have it here except under this rule. Yeah. So for 1500 miles, I mean, you're probably never going to, it's probably valuable enough to where you're never going to drive it more than that anyways. Sure. So that's just kind of interesting. I always assumed that show and display was like, oh, you can move it to and from like a facility or something or an event. Right. Uh, but it's pretty, I mean, I don't know if that's lax, but uh, that seems pretty decent. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. As that goes. Anyways, uh, this is... Another episode of new for a one eighteenth scale, apparently. Yeah. Uh, dear God, <laughs> apologies for that conversation as it gets tedious. Kevin and I are uh, enthusiasts of the models, as we've discussed in um, we previous dabbled episodes. in real cars, we dabbled, also. Yeah. And over COVID, was... I went crazy and bought like thirty five of them. Jesus. Um, so I've tapered that off, except for the three or four that I have coming, and the ones that you send me every day, like, hey, you should buy this. Yes. Yes, except for that. So, yes. uh, this is how we collect cars. Not really, though. Um, they're interesting. They are. Yeah, I, I, I love them. Yeah, they're ships in a bottle. They're th not things that you talk about at parties. I mean, like, if there's one thing, like, at a party when you bring up, like, that you're a car enthusiast, like, you can hear the other person's chair scooting away from you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then take that to another level and talk about, like, model cars. <laughs> and it is, like... Not those model cars. Only good ones. The ones I have. These nice ones. Yes, That's exactly you, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. I don't think... The thing that you... No, you have to add in, like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that's the yeah. point when, like, things get interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, yeah. So, uh, how are you doing, Kevin? 
I'm good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing okay. You've been on a couple of trips lately. Yes. Yeah, but I guess you've requested this, and I have here on this like sheet of paper here, as you've requested, mm-hmm. uh, you would like to make an announcement. Yes. Um, to all the people that are worried about me, uh, that have written in all the calls, uh, people are concerned about my obsession with the Subaru Forester and the styling of, of these vehicles. Um, and I just want to uh, let everyone out there know that I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I'm fine. Um, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not okay with this. The Forester, uh, they, they look the same. They've, Subaru has redesigned the Forester multiple times. Not enough people are talking about this. Like, no. there's a lot of boring cars. Like, Camrys are boring, whatever. But, like, you know, you look at a 2010 Camry and a 2020 Camry, and it's like, oh, well, I can see because of styling trends and how it just adheres to kind of things. And the fact that I saw those 10 yeah. years ago and I see these now, yeah. you kind of osmosis gain. That's the new Camry. That's the old Camry. Forester's doesn't work that way. The old one way. looks new. The new one looks old. They're the same. Yeah, They're the same car. You're just buying whatever is the current year. I was in Oregon. That's the problem. Oh my god! They're that's everywhere. Like the source. It's where they. Yeah, they come out of the earth. There. Yep. Yep. It's a volcanic. There's a break. There's a fission. Yeah. A fissure. Sorry, a fissure in the earth. Birth like a baby hippo. They come out. There's no stopping them. Yeah. There's no stopping them. Yep. There are between five and eleven generations of Subaru Foresters, yes. and no one is talking about this. Uh, no one is, and I know that you submitted this as a store to abc's 2020 and they rejected it what with it they told me there's a chance well yeah we'll see i had a forester press car in 2013 um and it looks like the one that's on sale now and this isn't just me being <laughs> glib like it's the same shape the, yeah. gl- the glass is the same shape and i know that like golson says that i'm wrong and maybe he's <laughs> right but it, even if it's a new chassis like the fact that they designed it to be the same twice like that's yes, not that's true well he same. noticed that the badging were several inches off on subsequent models from the one that you were pointing out so yes that yes. is the designation for the generation so it's i'll it's, have you know it's maddening like i know people say like oh porsches don't change or whatever but like enough people like enough idiots like us stare at these porsches and look at them and obsess over them and it's like it's okay it, whatever no one's looking at foresters i agree with you you no know what? they're like the them. clouds we're just like oh you know there's a forester <laughs> we don't notice it's a, you know as a, a uh I, what were chrysler that's the only way i can identify clouds by the way by the chrysler's oh uh, yeah the cirrus the cirrus, cumulus the cumulus <laughs> stratus whatever <laughs> so we just look at them at clouds but yeah different generation of foresters they're like those clouds. There are differences. We just don't know what they are. They all look the same. No, we don't have the technology to process the differences. No, it's true. And honestly, you have brought up an important thing because now it has become a thing. Yeah. And as Daniel put it, I have too many even things. Even though, yeah, Daniel Sloan, Daniel Sloan has criticized you for having too many things to <laughs> be you about. Fair. Uh, <laughs> I agree. This is probably, this is a better one than the, like, no Corollas ever washed tweet. Or, or TC hatch handles, or whatever. TC I'm fully into this. I think handles. this is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, we were in Oregon, uh, and we noticed these, and we made a rule that we couldn't look at Wikipedia. 
And we had to identify all the foresters. And the thing that was funny is that for like multiple days, Daniel and I were in complete disagreement about which one, like which one was older and newer. Oh my God. He thought that the one from 2009 was the one from like 2015. And it's hard to disprove that. It's hard to disprove it. It is a good exercise. Like listener right now, picture in your mind, a forester, which generation is it? Which generation is it? Uh, the only identifiable ad- identifiable one is probably the first generation. That one is unique in that it was actually like a cartoon like wagon. Okay, here's the thing. Yes. That is true. Yes. It got an LCI that looks like a different generation. So when people say there's five generations of Subarus, people tell me this. I don't buy it. I think there's six oh because the sec- there's like a facelift to that first gen that looks like yeah. a different gen. Yeah. Completely. How is it different? I don't know. I can't describe it because it's a Forester. But it's called a Gen 2? It's a facelift. Like, it, it, it is ostensibly people. The uh, That's the real 5G conspiracy is oh that God. there's five generations of Foresters. Yep, yep, yep. The, the people that adhere to this five generations thing, they, they think that this is the first gen, and I think that the first gen is actually two gens. It's the opposite of the Viper problem. Oh, my God. Where the Viper, you know, yeah. they, they think there's 11 gems. There's yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is sounding less like a conspiracy and more like the truth. I think this goes right to the top. My God. Uh, that is amazing. Um, also, <laughs> that's about all you anyone can speak of uh, as far as Foresters go. This is the most anyone has ever spoken about the Forester, and that includes people that buy them. Yeah. And they don't look at them. No, they don't look at it. They don't look at Well, them. yeah, because we've talked about this before, but like a Subaru is appealing because it's a Subaru and that's about it. Like they assume that four wheel drive or all wheel drive is, uh, is somehow like a benefit over like buying an all wheel drive, like RAV4 or something. Like right. it is somehow premium or special. Well, and people put it in the category of like, well, it's the same reliability as a Honda or Toyota, but it's more interesting. So I'll get that. I'll get the Subaru. And it's like, it is, it is not in that wrong. category. No, it is not it at is, all. It no. is. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. So do not do that. And my brother and sister-in-law who live in Denver, which is also another Mecca for like Subarus. I, the last time I was there, I rented a Subaru Outback. I mean, that was literally the car at Enterprise. So, uh, oh, and that car, by the way, it was like, I assume like a brand new one or something. And it had a pinstripe and I had never noticed this before, but our, uh, friend of the pod, Will Pierce had mentioned that there are hand-drawn pinstripes. Mm-hmm. However, I would assume that would be for, you know, as an art f- to fine automobiles or even just like, you know, I don't know. Anyways, this one looked like it was drawn on by marker. It was literally wavy and it had like, you know, the tip, you know, when you finish a line with a marker, that's what it looked like. So someone had at a dealer like, oh, I want the yeah. pinstripe or no one actually says that, but like they had charged for the pinstripe and some, you know, tech went over and some porter. I mean, that's American car dealerships are just like a scourge oh, of the God. earth. Yeah, truly though. But anyways, so my brother and sister-in-law, uh, like texted me, I was like, "Hey, we're thinking about getting a Forester," and I did immediately say, and this was, I think, before your whole thing. I was like, "I don't think you should get a Forester. <laughs> like, if you're gonna spend like X amount of money, there are just so many more interesting cars that you could buy, and they're like, they're you know, at the very least, vaguely interested in like a driving experience. And I'm just, I'm thinking that there are other vehicles. However, you have poo pooed 
Uh, Do not let them get an my X1 <sighs> or an Acura. They were just looking at a slightly above average. I say like as in terms of just like quality. So like a slightly premium experience. And I agree with you and your suggestion. And I also suggested a CX-5. Uh, but they're hard to find right now. And like brand new cars. So they were looking at pre-owned like BMW, BMW X1s, X3s. And I agree with you that they are contemptible vehicles, but only <laughs> when they are brand new. I think that as a used vehicle, they're fine. Like you at least get like the latest BMW tech. You don't really care about the driving experience. Like as insofar as like driving dynamics go, uh, and so it just is a premium, slightly more engaging asterisk, uh, and so that might be slightly more ideal. Okay, but I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. redeeming. Mm-hmm. I have convinced them, even though we have agreed that the E ninety one, so the last car that I had, uh, was the last good BMW wagon. Uh, as if you don't really care about the specifics of a driving experience or the finer points, I guess, whatever. Uh, I suggested an F31, so a three-series wagon. And they were into the idea, which I think is a better option than getting a CUV because I think that would be boring. Yeah. Was there, um, like, was there an SUV that was based on, like, the E91 that lasted? Yes, the maybe, X1. But which X1? Uh, well, the first-gen X1. It was horrid. It literally, it was like the Forester in that, I, maybe it was lifted just slightly, but it was just like the cabin was stretched upwards. Yeah. And there were the parts were interchangeable. In fact, like if you wanted like wagon bits, uh, of wagon parts, you could interchange them with the I don't know what the model designation was, but that first Gen X one. Mm-hmm. So, but that car was hideous. So that was the one, and I always I've repeated this, but like. That was the one that BMW was like, here's the X1. It's debuting in China. We're only going to sell this in China. Like, don't worry. We're not shoveling that this out to America. Yeah. And then it was like 18 months later. It's like, all right, introducing yeah. the same X1 As in America. As it turns out, in America, we're also interested in like aspirational near luxury yes. <laughs> like experiences. So Yes. Uh, okay. Let's, let's get off of this uh, topic. I would say yeah. an Acura would be better. Uh, yeah, maybe. They test drove an RDX, which maybe. I don't know what that is. I think, like, a BMW would maybe feel a little bit more special. Uh, again, just, like, marginally so. But a wagon would be better than any of those things. So I would say an F31 would be the better option for that. Sure. So, uh, anyways. Oh, and much to your chagrin, uh-huh. I was sending them uh, M- M Sport. Oh, okay. I, I don't care about that. I thought you were going to tell them we had a fucking Land Cruiser. I was going to have a shit fit. No. Well, they would, but they're outrageously priced at the moment. So <laughs> even though Kevin like hates this because I've convinced like multiple people to get Land Cruisers, including a friend recently who bought a 200 series. So, and he is satisfied with right, we're gonna his cut reliable this out. choice. We're cutting this out. Uh, anyways. Uh, so, Kevin, you've been on some trips lately. Yeah, I went to... Oregon. You Let me tell you about the Foresters. Oh my <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I went. Yeah, I went to the Corvette Museum, which was in Kentucky. I drove. I drove to Connecticut uh, with my dad. We went to the Corvette Museum. Went to the Lane Museum, which had a cool Radwood display, which was awesome to see. Yeah. Wait. So um, what did you see there? At the Lane. Yeah. The uh, like that uh, the Alpine. God, what's the cool Alpine? The Alpine, like the the 110. No, the like 80s, 90s one. 
Oh, uh, the 310? Yeah, yeah, I think so. A310. Yeah, that was super cool. Um, And they had uh, the uh, Alpha, like, SZ, like Zagato. Oh, yeah. And with, as a friend of the show, well, not friend of the show, but friend of us online, (laughs) Auntie in Finland pointed out it had, like, a, like, crazy multicolored steering wheel that I didn't even notice. It was like a Momo, it was like a Momo Benetton steering wheel. Whoa. Yeah, it was super cool. cool. But, um... Yeah, the coolest car there was in like the overflow garage, and it was that Renault Sport Spider. It was oh, so cool. I it was like the nineties. Yeah. I remembered it from the Hot Cars. Oh, the sheet. There was a Hot Cars sheet, and it was like the coolest thing. And of course, I don't think they ever sold it outside of France, and it was like a spec oh, racer. Well, but it's cool. It was like it looked as wide as a Viper. Yeah, like, I always thought of it as this tiny, tiny car, and it was like. Not huge, but yeah. it was super wide. And it was windshieldless, cool. right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just like a like a race car. Yeah. And just really cool. That is cool. Um, and I've never seen one, so that was neat. You got and to then, see it. Then I, I was in Connecticut for a few days, and I, I visited FCP Euro, uh, which was awesome. Yeah. Like, awesome to see their headquarters and the race cars I, and the race team and all I that. I love that they actually have... A headquarter where they do things. They have events there. They have lockers. Like, like people can pick up parts there. Yeah. And soon they're going to have it so people can pick up parts overnight outside I ass- the I assume that every place that I order from online is just like an office with a P.O. box. Yeah. And they just drop ship everything. They but- are like, they really try to not be that. Like, they yeah. go to great lengths to not be that. Yeah. And to have, you know, they, they're constantly figuring out what their most popular items are and stocking them there so they can ship them out. And yeah. then, like, the less popular things, some d- things do get drop shipped, but they're trying to not just be like Amazon of, of car parts yeah. like this. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really cool operation and really good people. Um, and got to, push buttons in that yeah. Mercedes AMG GT4. Ooh, oh, yeah, the race car. The GT race car, which was cool. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. And then I went to Oregon, where I uh, drove with Daniel in the M3 Baru it's wagon. Up, it's running? It's running. It's rebuilt. My God. It's, it's great. So uh, I don't know. We'll put a link to it, but I did a video about the car. Good uh, video. There's going to be an article about it, or two articles soon, hopefully, when this runs i think it's good enough to be interrupted by youtube ads <laughs> so you should watch it's it's a it's a it's a really special car you it know is. it's it looks cool it worked flawlessly yeah um, and as a except for the gas smell when we were at altitude because <laughs> well, i think they took out something out of like the egr or something with the fine. fuel yeah um, but and but as a reminder so we spoke about this yes. car likely uh at the beginning of the year maybe the end of um 2020 uh and kevin had taken a trip and actually we've probably spoken about this at least twice before yeah multiple times in Uh, january 2019 daniel bought this uh, friend of the show frequent guest daniel sloan uh he bought a bmw e46 wagon that had an m3 swap all-wheel drive and i went with him to colorado to get it bolt on fenders we drove it from denver uh, Glenn, Glenn Shelley, Glenn Ross. <laughs> uh, we drove it from Denver to Portland. No issues. Yeah. He started converting it into a rally car. It took 16 months. Yes. We took it on the first trip in November of last year, and it, the motor blew up after one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. This had, was like it had rod, a, bearing, rod bearing failure. It and, was what a just kind of like convergence of so many things where yeah. you were traveling during covid and then like the thing that is like the one catastrophic failure point on e46 m3s 
uh, happened. Yeah, on well, this but road not, trip. not this was a unique. Sure, sure. Yeah, this, yeah, this is an oil pan because of the oil pan. Yeah, the the it was just not a very good. The swap wasn't done yeah. quite very well. Like the the oil pan on the all wheel drive BMWs has uh, an axle running through yeah. it. Yeah, so there's to get the oil pump to fit it was like grinding and literally digging out aluminum yeah like little gears were digging out aluminum and that was going you know into the the oil tubes and stuff and slowly clogging it up yeah. you know like the daniel's mechanic uh rom emmanuel said that <laughs> if if like it had been steel shavings it would have immediately like seized the motor oh, but goodness. because it was aluminum it like was so soft it was such fine powder that yeah. it just built it just up and built up, up over thousands of miles yeah and then it uh and then it went and the rod bearings failed and we had a i don't remember if we talked about it on here but we had a harrowing uh escape back we did to... talk about it okay. and uh yeah yeah it was a harrowing escape where you like during COVID, like I was like I, I was like Daniel, like it was like basically we have no other options, but also I don't want to ride in a tow truck during COVID for, like, for seven hours. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So. But it worked out. It worked You're out. Alive. The I'm car alive. is now alive again. The car is now alive. So, uh, went to Oregon. We we drove it. We went kind of a perimeter of Oregon, uh, which was which was great. And we went to like the desert and canyons and mountains and so everything. scenic it was yeah incredible um and this was the week before the big heat wave yeah in the west so it was still hot but not as hot we had and then we went to the beach um the last day just to like get more photos and of yeah. course i know how the beach out there is always yep whitewashed with fog and stuff but yeah. it was it was cool and like it being an all-wheel drive like high high-powered vehicle like it is it makes for such great uh, video montaging just because, like, uh, you're just constantly just throwing up dirt. Yeah, the dirt looks extremely cool for yeah. photos and videos. Um, and Daniel is, like, a really good driver. He I went mean, to a rally he, school. He, Daniel's always been a, a really good driver, but, but now, like, he went to the Dirtfish school. And, like, I mean, it he learned a lot and was really enthusiastic and um, could apply it with this car. Yeah. And, and, and it drives, you know, I think it drives, it drives better than the Subarus that he was instructed in because yeah. it doesn't have the turbo lag. It's a little more predictable. Yeah. Um, not there, to there is some uh, commentary as to why he just didn't buy like a WRX or something. Yes. That is covered in the video. Yeah. And I didn't even get to all the reasons because we, you know, we talked to Rahm Emanuel about <laughs> it and he, uh, you know, commented, he knew specific things about, you know, cause I, I, we interviewed Rom, Chris Rom, Daniel's mechanic. We interviewed yeah. him, not the guy who built the engine the first time. He's the guy who rebuilt it. Yeah. Uh, the second time and we call him Rom Emanuel cause he looks like Rom Emanuel. He doesn't former look chief like, of staff. no, he doesn't look like him at all. It's just the name Rom. I know. Okay. So, um, Oh, was that an attempt at a joke? Yeah. But. You didn't take my suggestion to, in your video, like to have a, an audio quote from Rom, but, put Rahm Emanuel's photo <laughs> file still photo, photo. Yeah. yeah I would have gotten a lot more dislikes yeah. um so yeah the car uh was what was I talking about <laughs> no it was so it, interrupted oh me oh yeah, yeah. like it, Daniel like learned a lot at the dirtfish school I mean you could just see in the driving mm. where um previously when we drove off road 
Like, it's kind of like, you know, how I would approach it, which I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. So it's like yeah. you get to a corner and it's like, I guess I will enter it slow and then, you know, power, power out and yeah. try to slide the car that way. And Daniel it has a completely different way of driving yeah. um, on dirt now with, you know, now that he knows the proper thing. And it's like all about balancing the weight and Momentum. upsetting, upsetting. No, it's like upsetting the car, like upsetting the weight distribution before the corner yeah. and like tossing it in and you're basically rotating the car before you've entered Whoa. the corner oh, and yeah. then you, and then you drive straight out. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the real benefit of the all wheel drive is it, it's going to understeer when you do that, but you want that because you've already made the turn. Yeah. God, so I'd be so bad at that. I would just I'm, like me too. drive straight off the cliff. No, no. When, I mean, when, when I was like, Daniel tried to walk me through it and I'm like, okay, like the road is not wide enough for me to feel confidence. And also it's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the F1 car on, you know, when Top Gear, when Richard Hammond drove a Formula yeah. One car, like, you know, you can't go fast enough. 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to be going at a certain speed for this to work. And the same thing with this, like if you're going to pop the, basically pop the clutch or no, yeah. I think you, you pop the clutch to, and you no, 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 not pop the clutch. Sorry. You, you've got to kind of charge into the corner and then yeah. lift. And then you turn while like right after you lift and that lift changes the weight balance. So it's like, but I'm not confident. To, Is it a Scandi flick? Not quite, but I'm not confident enough to like charge into the corner. Yeah. Um, and then and then lift off and then have it turn. So it's, yeah. it is, uh, it's really cool. I it's would, a dance. I would love to do a uh, school like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also, I'm just very happy to like take the pictures and the video and you know get the stuff like yeah. i i don't need to do the corner 15 it times it was good but, but, yeah um but they, daniel did look... some great driving in the video that yeah. you can see and it and it came out awesome i was i was really it's good uh proud it's of the thing very gift worthy there are many like gifts <laughs> too and i'm a gifter so uh, <laughs> RG. Uh, uh it's gonna it's gonna be hard on if we do another trip if we do a trip in like the e46 coupe yeah like it's like we're so limited on where we can take pictures now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Daniel will always drive any car on, like, a gravel road or something. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, we're going to be so limited to, like, the roads or near the road and yeah. stuff. Because this was just anywhere we wanted to go. We could just go with this car. And yeah. it, it truly is a unique proposition. You know, I covered it in the video, but he wanted uh, an off-road car. So he bought the Land Rover. But it's like, no, I still want to drive fast. Yeah. And so he built this car and there's nothing like it where it's like you get a yeah. bmw interior and a fast m3 experience but you can drive it anywhere his experience or his explanation in the video of the purpose of it makes 100 percent sense because yeah no like no body on frame like truck thing yeah like it's just fine it's a a to b thing it, it literally is an a to b as far as like it'll get you over terrain but it just drives fine it is it drives like a truck Right. Uh, and this is different in that, like, it's engaging, it's sporty, like, and you don't have to worry about, like, the fact that you're going over rough terrain. And so you can go exploring and have fun getting there. Yeah. It's not just, like, puttering down a highway, uh, and that's it. And then you have fun when you get there. And, and you have looks, fun the whole time. It looks cool covered in dirt and it dust does. and bugs. Yeah. Even though it is, is it, it's not, it's Orient blue yeah it's orient blue okay it's very dark and in my dark. pictures because i tend to warm things up it becomes black <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but yes yeah uh and you also went on another trip just recently yes i went to the ferrari uh ferrari racing days yep. at indianapolis so that was my first time at indy motor speedway yeah. uh it was a cool event 
where they had Ferrari Challenge. They had the FXX, the XX program, yeah. spelled P-R-O-G. Yeah. R. A M M E. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, but the, yeah. the F the FXX program, the XX program, they had those cars, which is cool. Um, which I remember when those came out, when the FXX came out, and people were like, "Oh, I pay you know ten million dollars to have this car that Ferrari keeps." Yeah. But it is a cool thing because it the it's an the original ones were the these Enzos that were like the next evolution of the Enzo track only and. You, you bought into this program and Ferrari flies the car around the world and says, okay, come to, you know, Italy and race it or come, yeah. you know, come to Germany and race it or yeah. drive it on the track. And then we'll use the data to develop the next supercars. Yeah. And that's what this is. They've been doing it this whole time. And some of these, the early FX cars, FXXs have like, you know, 40 like stickers on the windshield from all the events they've done for the last Oh, that's 12 cool. or 14 I actually, years. I didn't know people actually did it. So yeah, I think there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple that have no events and no yeah. miles and people are just going to flip it. But I think the whole point is that you come to this thing, you get instruction by like yeah. superb racers and, you know, real racing drivers. And you get this like insane, like red carpet Ferrari experience and you're contributing to the next cars. They're yeah. learning things and using that data. Plus you have this amazing car. So, um, it, it, there's not a lot of benefit to having it and not doing yeah. the things. No, that's great. Because, you know? yeah, because I assume, like, there might be a contingency who buys it just because it makes you feel like a race car driver for, like, a couple of a couple or, of events. Or if you're, like, I'm a collector and I have all these cars, like, mint in box. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, this is not one of those. No, least, yeah. You know, and so um, now they're on to the, the FXXK, which is the LaFerrari version. Mm. And there yeah. was, like literally like 25 of those yeah um which was cool the the formula one cars they had f2003 ga and f2004 yeah d10s i mean they sounded amazing on the straight yeah um and they were cool and i uh drove the f8 tributo around indianapolis and took some photos with it and everything and we, we talked about this a little bit off off air but um it was a cool it was a cool car. It, it is, this is the, uh, you know, they would not like this to be the, the statement, but I mean, this is like the third evolution of the 458, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is rooted in that. Um, it's a third generation off of the 458, so. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. Oh, no, but yeah, it's not a, it, well, yeah, exactly that. So it's, but it's based off of it, so it is an evolution of but not necessarily a completely brand new car right i mean it's like two heavy facelifts in uh, from the 458 mm -hmm. and uh but it is i i think it's a very compelling looking car it was very fun to shoot and it was you know i mean very Too, fast to drive yeah. i couldn't really use a lot of what it i i didn't really get a sense of what it was about but i i liked um the 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 thing with the paddles was the most the most interesting part yeah. of it because you're you know the and I i've driven i've driven another ferrari with the paddles but i didn't spend as much time with this one i was constantly like reversing and putting it in neutral and park and yeah. first to position the car for photos so i got really familiar with it and you use the paddles to get into neutral use the paddle to go from reverse to first yeah. so you're you're uh, using the paddles 
like they make the paddles like a functional it's thing exactly. that you have to interact exactly. with. Exactly. It's yeah. it's in like embedded in the experience whereas like you get into a Porsche and the paddles like this just feels like cosplay. Yeah. Like I'm pretending I'm shifting. Yeah, like I'm the car I'm being, could otherwise do it. The by car itself. would do it itself yeah. and and this is just a prop. Yeah. So to have it be integrated so well into the drive experience was was really cool and I like that and it kind of you know shows the the Ferrari I mean, it kind of shows, like, if nothing else, like, they've been doing these transmissions for yeah. 20 years now. It, it, obviously, this is a dual clutch before it was F1, but yeah. um, it's uh, it, it kind of seems like the real deal. So yeah. I, I like that. Um, and it was cool. I, I was thinking, I, I think I was texting, or I was thinking about McLaren today. Yeah. And um, my, like, this is just a tangent. My opinion of McLaren has just gone way way down um <laughs> ever since the i-45 rally yeah oh god well that was just something else <laughs> but well, that's, the, well, that's, that's the that's the problem is that like well to be fair like it'd be the same with ferrari as well but when like capital t the capital l lifestyle yeah like enters into the realm like everything would be great these brands would be great if it wasn't for the people who buy them uh and but i think that i don't know i think the ferrari demographic is like older like it's older like white-haired guys that don't drive the cars fast and 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 with mclaren it's like no i'm young and my, a, night, my nightclub is there might be hopping. two things to that uh like how we're making fun of amg owners yes. uh like i think there's a contingency where amg owners uh it is a person who owns a nightclub uh a Ferrari owner could also be a person who owns a chain of nightclubs. So uh, I think there are two like lifestyle components to that. Sure. Um, so, but, but I, I agree with you that maybe there's a more of an enthusiast aspect. Uh, with, I mean, like if you, if I look at like the McLaren brand, I guess or the lineup or whatever, it's yeah. like, at least with the Ferrari, like so with the Ferrari, uh, with the F8, you would never have to explain what it is. Yeah. And you would never have to apologize for the company. Sure. Probably. Yeah. And I feel like with McLaren, both of those things are not true. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, well, at least on the uh, the uh, apologizing aspect. Oh, yeah. No, I guess maybe McLaren isn't. But I mean, the thing with the lineup and all the na the numbers and all the things. Right. And, like, this is the fast version of this car. Right. Well, this is the slow version of the race car of this car. Sure. They all have three different numbers. Right. That are stupid. Yeah. And it's just, and then, oh, and there's another special edition coming out now. And it's like, I mean, I know that there's a lot of criticism of like all the special editions, but it's not, it's not special. Right. Um, when you had, uh, you know, if we talk about like the uh, quote unquote unquote hyper cars, whatever, like P1, 918, LaFerrari, when they came out, it was each of these companies like pushing the limit, like doing the yeah. craziest thing they, that they could do. Just yeah. pulling out all the stops to do this big thing yeah so i understand why they had to maybe come up with a new term whatever but now it's like you know every year it's like mclaren's like this is our most special car and it's like this is right. clearly a like kitted version of the thing you yes. already sell yeah, and also it's, it's not limited in the same and car for or yeah essentially yeah i mean even if it's even if it's new new it's just it's it's not like it's a million dollar car because you decided to price it that way it's not sure. it's not the million dollar fair, car that, like that would be just nearly any like uh, yes. exotic car manufacturer at this point absolutely but. Yeah, absolutely yeah and we talked about like the Bagani pricing and everything but i mean yeah. the, the mclaren elva and the saber and the senna like these things are uh i mean they're almost embarrassing <laughs> yeah well uh oh yeah i would agree with that as well uh because i don't 
necessarily know who they're for. I mean, I guess it is just like maybe status. We're and we are so in the weeds right now because like there are all these things that no one even knows we're talking about. Yeah. Because it's like McLaren came out with another another yeah. special thing, another super super duper special thing, another yeah. su- and it's like no one even knows. Like no no one has seen any of them. Right. Yeah. Um. And, and no one cares. And I know, but I don't care. Yeah. No. Exactly that. And honestly, there. are points where i just kind of blur over like certain special models too just because i don't understand the purpose of it necessarily but i guess it's another year another model maybe right. is a thing so as that goes but like they had good intentions from the start but uh yeah it's gone by the wayside i suppose um but speaking of italian cars back to oh yes italian cars yes um a few episodes ago <laughs> We were speaking of another special car, cars, perhaps, uh, Fiat Pandas. The Pandas. The Pandas, yeah. So, um, friend of the pod, friend of ours, uh, had purchased two Fiat Pandas uh, a couple of months ago, three months ago, maybe? Yeah, well, he bought them. Ago. He bought them in January. Yeah, from he Italy. Told us, he told us he was buying them from Italy, and... Then in April, it's like, well, they're here. Yep. And w- you and I went to, um, I just wrote about all this. So I know it was yeah. a freight forwarding facility. Ooh. So it was not customs. It was not a, uh, like. Oh, this was just like the P.O. box to pick up things? Basically, yeah. Okay. And uh, we picked up the pandas. Yeah. We saw them for the first time. We did. We drove them right on 610. These are the, uh, so these are two, what year are they? 1993. Fiat Panda 4x4 Country Clubs. Yes. Country Club Trim. Country Club Trim. Don't know what that actually gets you, but... Teal. Gets you more teal. Gets you more teal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're a hoot to drive. There's no other way to describe them. 50 horsepower. Yeah. 1,800 pounds. 1,800 pounds. Four-wheel drive built by... Lifted... Steyr Poots from G-Wagon. <laughs> Steyr Poots. Steyr Puke. Uh, Same manufacturers as the original G. At least the 4x4 four, uh, four four system. And the uh, current G. And the currency, yeah. And the Supra. I mean, I, the company's been, uh, I think, like, broken up a few times. Yeah. So I don't know how much of the continuity there is, but, yeah. I mean, like, Steyr still exists. Yeah. Magna Steyr. I kind of they wish built they the all, Supra and like the Z4 and stuff. I wish they all had the Steyr Puke uh, badges, but yeah. this one did not have that. But, right, yeah, that this was, was the Steyr Puke edition. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that was a few months ago that he picked them up. Uh, he's been modifying, just kind of bringing them up to par mm-hmm. uh, to keep one and to sell the other one on Bring a Trailer. And just this last week, uh, mid, what month is this? September, August, July. Oh my what God, it's July. Fuck. I don't know what month it is. Anyways, in mid-July, it went up for auction. Yes. And it did fairly well. And Kevin just wrote a story uh, for it that will be published very soon we hope we hope uh explaining the process etc because it is kind of like a mystery i think generally speaking uh our crowd of automotive enthusiasts do find them to be interesting uh like they are interesting they're interesting cars they're interesting cars uh we're at like peak panda awareness in america because of social media and stuff but but no panda availability yeah because you if you want one you have to wait three months i don't know what the equivalent in 
the U.S. would be. Like, as far as, like, a cheap, cheery 90s car that is venerable as this one is, as, as far as, like, an off-roader, maybe, like, a Corolla uh, Alltrack or something, or a Geo Tracker. Or... Yeah, I was thinking, like, a Tracker or a Samurai, maybe. But but this yeah. is more of a city car, and that's, like, more rugged. I mean, this is, like, a yeah. city hatchback first with it's the four-wheel just, drive system. Yeah, it's, like, a golf-sized hatchback two-door with... Uh, it lifted slightly, four by four system that, and the car just doesn't give up. It just like keeps going. And considering that there's no tack, we were definitely redlining it <laughs> at every single shift. So, uh, but it was fine. It yeah. was happy to rev to whatever the red line is. It's a mystery red line. Yes. Uh, I mean, like it's 50 horsepower. So I don't, I don't really know, but I mean, you have to redline it. I looked it. up the zero to 60 and like the number is between it, like 16 and 17 oh seconds. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, the top speed I think was like 83 and I was like, oh, I was getting close to that, I yeah. think. Yeah, so we were still being honked at on Houston I, I was, freeways. So I was like, I must have gotten a lucky break because I was in a break in traffic where I was on the left lane on 610 Yeah, going like a little over a hundred like kilometers yeah. was like 60 65 and i was not having anyone behind me because it was just like slow trucks around so i was actually held up by the car in front of me oh, for okay. most of my drive on yeah. 610 so it was rather pleasant yeah um yeah i i don't think i included the article when tom encouraged me to see what it would do <laughs> but i it like really got dicey above like a certain speed like above 110 it was like mm, no I no i do no. feel like that's just like you were not ever going to explode that car like there's just no like maybe if you but just it's like, not that but it was just like the it just it just felt dodgy like the the tires the grip like it felt floaty okay. and everything like at at to be fair, 70 miles an hour. To be fair, we, we picked didn't. this up essentially from the port. Yes. Uh, direct from... Tires unknown. Tires unknown. Like, we didn't even check tire pressure. We just, like, got on the road and immediately went on, like, uh, like near L.A., like, freeways, like, 10 lanes. Yeah. People are just, like, flying by at 90 miles an hour. And we're in these things that can barely do 90 miles an hour. And... They can't do 90 miles They can't do hour. 90 miles an hour. No <laughs> safety system. Like, you are the, your crumple zone. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, it was still fun. Uh, it was adventurous that that was the case. But, yeah, no, it was still fun. Uh, and, anyway, so the car went uh, – one of them went up for auction uh, just recently. And it did – I thought, actually, it did pretty well. I, I thought so, too. Uh, I know that our friend Tom was hoping that it would uh, go a little bit further. But it was record-breaking on uh, Bring a Trailer. Uh, and we were speaking about this actually just before the podcast, uh, where I think that it is such a neat and interesting experience for the price that it went at, which was about $14,000. It was like 13, one. Yeah. Yeah. 13 and change. And then add on the whatever. And, um, but, um, I would say that that is, you're buying with that price, there might be other experiences that are worth about that. This car, I think it was really fun. It was really interesting. And if I had to have one in a collection, I think absolutely that makes sense, paying about $13,000 for it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before, but I think, and this is not to, like, the, the, this is hypothetical number. This is yeah. not, like, how many cars Tom's has. But it is 
it is a it is great as like a seventh car. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you would not want this to be your your fun car. Yeah, when you exactly. have a daily and this. You would not necessarily yeah. want this to be. You have like your, your CUV, you and then daily. you have this other thing. You, you couldn't have this be your yeah. daily. But when you when you've got the other thing, yeah. you have a fast car and a luxury car and an off roader or whatever. Like is, this is a this is a totally unique it experience. It is absolutely a unique experience, uh, and it is just that it feels like a perfect like like place on the shelf as far as like uh experiences go right well i mean and you and i like we drove the the lancia fulvia mm-hmm. it was not the hf or anything yeah but like it's comparable where oh, yeah it's like slow car fast it's just like oh it's this thing it, you know it makes a pretty good sound it it's does. like it's you know it, it's it, a I mean, one... the fulvia the fulvia makes a great sound this yeah. this car it's like a scaled down fulvia where it's just like around town it's just like it you know you just drive it fast you just rev the hell out of it like you just go you're aware of everything you've got great visibility it truly, and it's and it's yeah. like nothing else and it so is, you get a bit of that experience like the fulvia yeah um just scaled down a little bit it's truly like an italian experience must get the yeah. fulvia was where like you don't need a big engine it doesn't right. beat really fast you just yeah. literally are just maxing it out all the time the fulvia just made such a cool it sound did, yeah. it was just such a it was a great sense and of that occasion. wasn't a, it wasn't a fast car it was like a one three one three uh and you were essentially redlining every time and it made such a good sound and you're barely keeping up with traffic but like it was so fun it was so small in the greenhouse and everything it just like added to the experience like you felt like you're going way faster than you actually were yeah so yeah and that's just it also if you're going to get a uh cheap cherry car it should be italian yes uh and it's it is absolutely worth whatever it is that fills that experience for you but uh that is it. That's just it. Like I'm, I'm completely sold on the idea of like. I mean, I've been sold on uh, uh, slow car fast, sure. but there is something about slow car fast in the Italian sense that is just so much more dramatic. Well, like, it's all, yeah, and also like we when we say slow car fast, like we talk about like our 911s and stuff. But this is like truly slow. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, seriously. Like, like I, there's slow car fast, and it's like, oh, Miata. It's like, no, no, this is yeah. so much slower. No, this is like deep into the double digits to 60. So, uh, like, you you need some distance. You need well, That's part of the fun, too, is just kind of, like, figuring out how much, like, timing you need in order to safely merge onto, like, a freeway, say, for instance. Yeah, I think you just wouldn't drive on a freeway in Probably normal, normal circumstances. Yeah, even though we, <laughs> even though we immediately we hopped on. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As that goes. We had a support vehicle. I know. Which, yeah. well, you didn't. And, like, you know, like, I, I reveled in the ex- the occasions where people recognized what they actually were, the pandas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were uh, shooting the mud, uh, the mud shots. So we went yeah. to, we just went to, like, an empty lot where it was just particularly muddy. Kevin shot some uh, kind of off-road shots for auction and posterity and like this guy in a f10 m5 stopped by like and he was just like dumbfounded like where'd you get some pandas like that's cool whatever and i'm i hate that i noticed it had like the different wheels i like, did the too comp it was wheels not or some a bullshit uh, no, i don't know yeah I it, it was the ro- worst form it. of that car but and that's already not an entirely great car to begin with but no uh but i the I, posthum- posthumous <laughs> M5. After the M5 died. I tell you what, like, as far as, like, uh, that, the owner of that type of car would stop by to, like, admire a punch. Like, we, like, combined 
didn't even register like a quarter of the horsepower that he had in his car. And then of course he also, by the way, while we were shooting uh, the photos, like zoomed by like four or five <laughs> times at full blast at in whatever weird exhaust that he has that did not enhance the sound of the car. But <laughs> you're talking anyways. about the purple tune. Yes. <laughs> so as that goes, but uh, yeah, no, they're absolutely fun. So uh, one remains in the collection, and I'm glad that one does because that fits his collection very perfectly. Yeah, no, it's great, and yeah. we could. He said we could borrow it anytime. Oh my god, yeah. Well, that makes me like his like that car actually makes me want to find a cheap two door SUV. Like a long time ago, I wanted to get a two door G wagon of some kind, and now they're increasing in value more than like I would appreciate them, and so. I started looking at, you know, mini Pajeros or, uh, like I, there are like small kind of offshoot two door land cruisers that are not as valuable, but I'm kind of in, into the idea of like a small off-roader of some kind. I don't know where I would use it or what part I, of my life. I mean, I think that the but, Panda is like a little fun hatch first and an yeah. off-roader second. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, something you can just kind of like ring out, uh, mm-hmm. like a small engine, something that you just don't care that you're running to redline because you have to run it to redline because it's so slow. Uh, and I'm kind of into the idea of that. So I was just saying like an off-roader just because why not have that capability? Because I don't know what the alternative would be to a Panda. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, I don't know. But like a Mini Pajero or a like Land Cruiser Prado RX, which is like a teeny tiny, it's like a two, it, actually it's the GX, but two-door. But before still not small, still before, probably like four thousand pounds. Before the GX 5, that pounds. we know it, anyways, it's a smaller, it's okay. a smaller thing. I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, so there we have it. Yeah, and I think that might be a podcast. So okay. Uh, thanks for listening to us banter. Yeah. Uh, do follow it's, us. It oh, has been a while. It has been a second. But. Yeah. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think everyone will agree. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Best one yet. It's mm-hmm. going to get the seal. Yeah. Your, uh, your video on YouTube for the wagon yes. got, uh, well, I called it a short film. Yes. And so it's not going to be submitted to Cannes. Cannes. Carnes. Carnes. It's going to get the wreaths. Yes. And I made you a wreath that said pretty good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna arbitrarily slap that on the uh, cover art of the video in uh, this episode. In this episode, this episode also wreath pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Or like I would like one that just says like okay. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, do follow us on Instagram at new for ninety six. Uh, Twitter all the same. Yes. Email us if you must. New for ninety six spelled out. Spelled out, etc. Yeah. yeah. So tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.